this is Fintech Unplugged with Suresh Vajani and me, Robert Cornish. Welcome back, man. Um, it's series two. And we've even got a nice hairy mic this oh, time. Oh, for God's sake. And, who, uh, who and Robert's, actually, Robert's looking at it like he's going to clothesline it because it's jealous. There's more I, hair on the mic than in Robert's head. Well, I could, I could wear that, it, it, although it looks more like a goatee, um, to be fair. <laughs> so, Suresh, we had a, a lot of feedback from the previous podcasts. This whole thing about the background noise. Maybe we shouldn't have any background sound in this series. Just completely quiet. Just quiet, like how all like the other mouse. podcasts are. I don't understand why people don't realise this is real lives, people. This is payments affects people in real lives. And, and, and if we happen to be, say, well, on a beach? Cornetto, anyone? <laughs> so... Bin of confusion. Shall we see what the bin of confusion's got? Let's go to the bin of confusion. Here you go. Stick your hand in the bin. Hey, this is a good one. How long will it be before plastic cards are a thing of the past, Suresh? <sighs> this is this old conundrum. People have been saying that cash will be dead. Uh, the governments and the regulators have been pushing cash to become obsolete for a number of years. You know, there's there's regulation in play in order to eliminate cash. Yeah. And in some regions, cash is still on the increase. And we're talking about plastic like it's old news. But there but is a south-north divide in Europe on cash, isn't there? You, you further north you get to Sweden, Norway, they're down to like 5% cash. Further south you get to, to Greece, Italy, it's up at 70 80%. Cards are still growing. Yeah. Um. Because cash, it's supposed to have inroads into cash. And I would say that there are government initiatives in order for them to eliminate cash, uh, in order for it to go electronic. And, and I'd love to say it's because they think it's great for the greater good, or it's so that they can control but, the money. But and are, are we kind of saying that the, that the plastic cards were a stepping stone to cashless societies, but the mobile phone has overtaken that, and so why would you bother... I mean, you and I are wearing our, our, our rings, which are contactless payment rings. People have got their watches now. It's a lot more wearables. Is this what's pushing away the, the plastic card? So a simple example, how many of our listeners have a, a mobile phone that does payments and how many of them are actually doing it on a daily basis? And I would say the data shows that mobile payments haven't been embraced in the way that it's it been expected. sold to do. Yeah, so... Yeah. My view is that cards are going to remain for a number of years and it will carry on growing in, in ways that, you know, I mean, the futurists will always say I will be going into shopping paying via my retina. iris. Yeah, yeah, yeah. retina. Stand Did you say so. pay by breast milk? No, retina. So just, oh, for goodness sake. It's, yeah. How could you even think that? Well, I'm well, sure okay. it's unique. It's got its own DNA well, in there. Put your shirt back on. <laughs> Jeez, it's distracting when I'm trying to have a serious conversation and you just keep taking your breath out. Look, I have to be the ultimate professional talking to you in a exactly. professional manner exactly. while you're wearing that shirt. Uh, it's a beautiful shirt. <laughs> but we're going back away from this plastic card thing. I mean, what about the likes of Oberture, the likes of Gemalto? Are, are these companies going to be going forward? Are they are they coming up with new solutions to, to cover the fact that they won't be producing cards? Are the bureaus going out of fashion? It's it's an interesting question because um, people look at it as, as kind of legacy, mm -hmm. but there will always be a need for plastic. And we always sit there and say, you know, we just talk about payment cards. But even when you think of um, some of the solutions that are being done in, in Asia Pack, mm -hmm. where they're embracing the likes of QR codes and all of these things. Yeah, the whole WeChat stuff. So 
you're right. There's so much happening where transactions are being done on the back end. Yeah. But they are leapfrogging the the processes and the technology we have in yeah, place here. Yeah. So they are actually providing new solutions in a way that they haven't had the plastic. Yeah. And I think our infrastructure, everything that we have is there to it's embrace based around plastic, plastic. Yeah, yeah. that it would take a lot for it to kind of yeah. leapfrog that. So I do not see that happening in the near future. In the near future. Okay. I'm going to reach into the bin oh. and see what I've got. Hmm, this is a good one for you. Can you foresee a time when the schemes will become irrelevant? The schemes? Yeah. Are they You're not already? Make sure you don't upset the issuers. Uh, true. But are they already irrelevant? PSD2 is one of the nails in the coffin, I think, of the schemes, which is why we've seen the schemes branching out into other areas. We've seen the likes of Vocalink being acquired by MasterCard. Did you say Vocalink? Yeah. Is that Every man, even the guy on the street will call it Vocalink. I okay. just wanted to say that. I can't pronounce the name, but <laughs> that's good. Carry on. Um, no, I will, I will carry on. So I, I think what's happened is the schemes are looking at things like open access, the fact that they've got to give access to their scheme rails to third parties under PSD2. Equally, the whole thing about TPPs coming in under PSD2 and being able to do direct access to bank accounts for payments. I think these are a real worry. Because if people or third parties can go out there and do direct bank transfers for payments, why would the merchants want to use the scheme rails and have to pay interchange, for example? So I, I, I think PSD2 has, has really put the cat amongst the pigeons with the schemes. And we're going to see a big change in what the schemes do, I think, over time now. I think they're going to be looking at things like blockchain. They're going to be looking at things like uh, running the... Uh, wider debit card solutions in the marketplace. And I think they move more into the sort of facilitation of banking services on a global basis. They've got a big network. They're all around the world and they've got a good footprint. What can they use that for? So are you saying I could go to my 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 sweet shop and buy the Munster Munch that you love so much? I do. And I could actually pay by bank transfer there on the spot? That will happen. And the problem, obviously, is the size of the payment on those sort of things. And, and there is always going to be a question of, of whether a corner shop is going to want to accept your direct bank transfer for, well, it used to be when I used to buy them, three pence. Um, but now I believe that they, they could be anything up to 60 new English pennies, um, which, which are a different type of penny to the old pennies that I used to have, which had a letter D after them, which I never knew what it stood for. So now we're in the decimal currency age. Um, yeah, I, th I think there is a potential that everything could move that way. And if you look at the likes of the sort of blockchain solutions out there where you can divide anything by up to a million at the moment for a, for a Bitcoin transaction, you can see that the size of the transaction is, is of less relevance. So <coughs> payments should be frictionless. Are the schemes the right solution at the moment? Yes, but I think there are going to be a lot more things coming in. So they need to redefine themselves. And that's what the schemes are doing today, I believe. But for innovation to work, it has to reach all the way, even that last mile. That last mile, So yes. do you really see merchants updating the infrastructure, the terminals they have, and all of these things to actually do these types of Well, I of think payments? there's a, a lot of new stuff coming through. And I think the, 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 the mobile phone being the, the, the size of computer it is today, the fact that we've got now the new pin-on-glass protocol that's come through, it's PCI DSS compliant, I think a lot more merchants may well even drop the whole POS altogether and just go direct to 
using their their phones as their their terminals for making transactions. And so I think if we've got that level of sort of new integration coming through, once the merchants understand the new technology and are able to use it, and we can get it through at that bottom level, as you say, that last mile, I think it will become more prevalent. But it's going to have to take a lot of time to adopt, I think. I think we need the next generation coming in, and they're the ones, my son, for example, he, he, he wouldn't really knew, know what a card is. I mean, everything is mobile payments off his phone. But that's still got a long way to come through. So it's a generation play? I think so. Okay. So let me dig into the bin of confusion and see what's in it for you today. Right, Suresh, this is an interesting one. I think this is one that I think must have come in from, uh, I don't know, someone from the schemes might have even sent this in for as a question. <laughs> Are some merchant categories really so much riskier than others? And I think this is a question about what is risk. Well, the good thing is, not being an acquirer, you can always be a bit more pragmatic about these uh, such a question. In reality, the merchants have always try to be transparent in the way that they categorize the services they provide. But some of them have actually done, you know, the dreaded miscoding in order for them to be seen as less riskier merchants. Yeah. Uh, and when the schemes find out about there, there's, there's massive slapdowns as a result. Of course. But the answer to the question is, well, the fact that merchants have sometimes had to do this shows that the schemes classify Certain but, categories. But, but is there data out there that shows, for example, an online casino is going to have more chargebacks and more fraud than, say, Marks and Spencers? I, I think there must be. Absolutely. I mean, let's look at all of it. You know, you've got the really safe as nails merchants. You know, you've got, you know, then it goes all the way. And... Yeah, all the ones that, you know, you don't shop at. All of those, right? <laughs> Then it moves, right? And then you've got things like gaming. You've got the 7995 where people are more likely to... Uh, well, want to reverse a transaction because they, they, they it were conned into going onto that betting site. They really didn't want to bet their last five... Someone had a gun to their head and made them bet. Made them bet, yeah. That's that's the problem. It happens all the time. I'm, I'm sure it does. You know, um, and then the area that I know you're very... You that's know, why you haven't got a shirt on. You lost your shirt last <laughs> night. <laughs> Betting online. Definitely takes one to know one. <laughs> I don't think I could ever lose my shirt. <laughs> They'd return it. I wouldn't worry. <laughs> so... Then it goes to the area that I know you're very familiar with, which yes. is Neutra. Neutra, yeah. yeah. Neutral. Neutral. No, I, I mean the website Neutral you go to to buy the steroids and the things that you normally buy. The, 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 the headache tablets. Yeah, okay. I think we call that Pharma. I thought you call it Iagra. No, it's something else. No, that, that right. just rhymes with something Qualities. else that you know. So there's those websites that we know that is in your Yeah, which I list. don't go to, which is obviously why they get charged back. That's why you're the one charging them back. Yeah, so, for example, someone's hacking into your profile, going yes, on this site, exactly. ordering these How things. How would they do that? And then you've had to charge them back. Exactly. It wasn't my transaction. And I think you've answered your own question. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> so the answer is there are more, you know, riskier merchants. But I'll tell you what's interesting, though, just about this. That the MCC category codes are not the end-all and be-all of everything. Yeah. And one of the things we've seen recently where the likes of Lloyds Bank and other banks have actually blocked people from buying crypto, yeah. is that there isn't an MCC code for crypto. Correct. So what they've actually done is looked at the merchant's names and actually done... So it's almost at merchant level. Correct. Like, if your name is 
change my Bitcoin.com, they think you might be a crypto merchant. Correct. Funny so that. it actually just shows how it, it doesn't actually work in the way that it, it should work because some of these things have been have kind of evolved over time. So maybe it's, it's a time to recategorize merchant codes. I would say it was it would be a prime time because some of these have been in place for a very long time. I agree. Okay, I've got a question for you, Robert. I'm reaching in now as we speak. How do you think artificial intelligence and conversational commerce will change payments for both the industry and consumers? Who on earth came up with that question? Have you got a tag on it? No, they're not telling you, are they? We can't disclose it. Of course, because of... Ba-ba-ba-ba! <laughs> GDPR! Okay, um, I can't even disclose your name anymore because of GDPR. So, AI... You should, and then I'll sue you. Don't do that. Anyway, AI, artificial intelligence, is really making <coughs> big inroads. It seems to be the one of the top areas for investment this last 12 months. Everyone's talking about how AI is going to transform our industry. So AI and the ability to basically come up with algorithms that work out which way things are going. So AI being used in sort of merchant acquiring to, to, to work out which is the, the, the right way for the shopper to come on board, how you can get the sort of conversational bots coming on board to try and take them over that last mile of the sale on a, on a, on a merchant site is, is key. It is that a bit like you were saying about offline merchants when you're actually in it. How do you get people to go that last mile to actually spend their money? And I think the AI that's being used now is helping to manipulate is probably too strong a word but to push people to that extra mile to actually go from on the payment page to paying and i think ai is is seeing as a really good way to increase the percentage of non-drop-offs but it's also used very heavily in the in the fraud area to to prevent fraud there's some really top uh, ai based fraud detection systems out there now as 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 you'll be aware in in, in your own uh, space uh, are you using ai in your fraud so at the moment, we're using more machine learning. Okay. But uh, it's the way that it's going. Um, and there's also, th- there's such a long process in order for the, for the services that you wanted to fulfill. There's, there's so much learning and development that goes into that. Mm-hmm. That the concern is that the market's moving so quickly that if you invest in certain aspects, what about if something you've invested in becomes out of date very quickly? And that, I think, is a, is a main problem across the whole industry is, is how quickly some of these solutions are becoming obsolete. I mean, say pin on glass takes off, what do you do with the hundreds of millions of post machines that are in the market? What's the point of them? And people are still investing in, in upgrading POS at the moment. I've, I've, I've seen some people coming in with new ones for, for restaurants to use so that they have the menu on the POS machine and you can order it before you go in or you can order it on the... And so there's a, a lot of new stuff coming through that is still being built around POS and push us back to that other question on plastic cards. Because people still have plastic cards, people still want POS. So AI, are you a friend or a foe? I'm a friend. I, I really think it is going to transform I our industry. It. Skynet. I've read about this. <laughs> This is the start. It is the start of the future. I, 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 I want us all to be our own payment engines. And basically, we will, in time, become part Android. I remember you saying, every time I did beat you in the payments punch-up, are you a robot? I mean... I didn't mean it in that way, but I can understand why. 
Are you going anywhere? Suresh, you're not supposed to nick kids' scooters to get home <laughs> on. That is not right. <laughs>